Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. We'd like to welcome those that are watching by the live stream. It's good to have you with us here this morning or wherever you may be in the world. We're glad that you're with us. We suggest that you open your Bible as well. It just makes a difference when you see the printed page and you're not just listening. Because sometimes when you hear a scripture spoken, you think you know what it's saying. But it's interesting that if you'll open it up and read it for yourself, you'll go, oh, it says that. And that's when the truth really takes root and helps us. Let's go ahead and believe and trust him now for encouragement, for light, for truth. Father, we thank you that you're mindful of each one of us. And you already know before we ask what we need. And so right now, we desire light. We we desire hope and to give us something to embrace and to hang on to and to follow. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. You're in us for you've made your home in our hearts. And it says in the word that you would lead us and guide us into all truth. And so as we read the scriptures this morning, we say that that word is becoming alive to us. That it will become real and tangible to us. That it will reveal that which you will and it will reveal what you have given. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, we're going to continue on with the subject matter, I believe, from the last time we were together on a Sunday. And I wanted to propose what I would call a word picture to us this morning. What if I had in my hand this little box? And this box is gift wrapped. It even has a big old bow around it, and it's got your name on it. And I would tell you that I went and purchased this for you. It's something that I wanted you to have. And I handed you the box. And you're, you're, you're just beside yourself. You're just excited that your pastor would give you a gift. And so you, you take it home with you. you. You're just looking at that box and you're saying, oh, this, this is so beautiful. I have a, a gift from my pastor. But you don't open the gift. You just acknowledge that you have a gift, you've received a gift, and you're looking at the box that it came in. Well, let me ask you this question. Would you know what the gift is that I just gave you? I mean, you could shake it, you know, like we do Christmas morning. We always try and figure out what a gift is. I mean, you, you, you may have some ideas, you may have some guesses, but you wouldn't know what it is. Why? Well, because you didn't open it, you didn't look at it. 
right? And you wouldn't, if you didn't open it, you wouldn't be able to enjoy the gift fully. You've got the box, right? Yeah, you got the gift, but you can't use it because you haven't opened it. And I believe that that's very similar to when we are born into God's kingdom. We experience what Jesus said in John chapter 3. We experience a spiritual birth. And we become a brand new person because of that birth. But it's like that gift that you can't see into the box what the gift is. Well, after you accept Christ and he's in your life and he's actually has taken up residence in you by the person of the Holy Spirit, you can't see who you've become. There's no physical evidence. You can't see into your body to see what you've become on the inside. And so what happens is many Christians go through life with a gift that God gave them that they accepted and received, but they have no clue who they've become. They have no clue what God has given them, and they have no way to really enjoy it to the intent and to the fullness that he has willed for us. So this morning... We're going to open the gift. You see, what we've become is not privy and isn't revealed by our senses. We can't see it, feel it, smell it, because it's spiritual. And that's what makes his book so important to us. This book allows you and I to see that which is unseen. It helps us to know those things that aren't taught. And it also will reveal the future. So so you ready to open the box this morning? I want you to go on over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now remember, the moment and the instant that you and I allow Jesus to come into our life, and that's something that an individual does on purpose, we we pray and ask him to be our Lord. The instant we breathe those words out, come into my life, Jesus. Be my Savior, Jesus. I, I confess you as Lord, Jesus. In that instant, we experience a spiritual transformation that the Bible calls a birth. And here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, go down to verse 17. This is the King James over here. It says, Therefore, if any man, and that man represents any of the human race, any of mankind, so that's male or female, if any human being be in Christ. Now that's a key statement that you and I need to begin recognizing in the New Testament, especially the epistles. In Christ is talking about who you've become. 
It tells you what's inside the box, the gift of salvation. Now notice it says that when you become in Christ, you become something. It says that this person who is in Christ, he is, she is what a new creature. Now a, a new creature is a species that never existed before. You become, I don't know if this is a good example, but you, you become an individual part of the body of Christ. There's no one like you. There's no one else like you in the body. Now, look at this. You become a new creature, and it says that old things or who you were, what you have done, has passed away. Your old person, who you were and all that went with that is virtually erased. You know, it's, it's like taking a hard drive of a computer and, and re, you know, reformatting it. You're still a hard drive, but all the old information is now erased and in its place is all that that is brand new and does and is of God. So old things are passed away. Behold or look, see, understand. All things have become what? New. Now because you can't see what's new, it's up to us to look in the box through the word of God. Now understand that we need to embrace that we're not who we were when we receive Christ. Now, we still have the remembrance of it. People may still talk about who we were, but in truth and in reality, you're now brand new. Now, I'll never forget the moment when our first child was born and the Lord gave us a son and I remember that the doctor handed me my son and here I am holding that which is new life and he had no past he was innocent. He was pure. And he was beautiful. Even though he had spent multiple hours in a birth canal. And his face was all wrinkled up. He looked like a, a cone head, you know. But it didn't matter. He was ours and he was beautiful. That's you. When God looks at you. That's you. You have no idea how many times I've heard Christians say when they face an obstacle in their life, they're saying, well, I'm just paying for what I did years ago. Well, technically, you're not in terms of God and his relationship with you. Maybe you did something wrong and you're still paying the price for that. 
naturally speaking, but spiritually speaking, your past is no longer a hindrance to you as a child of God because it's been removed. You and I need to get the reality of that. It's one thing for us to talk about it and we go, oh yeah, that's in the Bible. Yeah, I read that once. That needs to become real to us. That when God sees you, he's looking at that place in your life that he has touched, that he has resurrected, that he has made brand new. And he's not looking at our past failures or mistakes. Now, we already mentioned the prodigal son. You, we all know the story. The Bible says that when the prodigal son began to come back to father, coming back to father's house, it says that the father went out to greet him. The only way he could have known that the son was coming is because he was looking for him. Yeah, it says. Amen. And before that son had a chance to say, Father, I'm sorry, that father went out with his robe and went out with his ring to put on him. And not once did that father say, man, did you blow it? No, he just said, you're lost, now you're found. And embraced him as his own. That's how the Father looks at you. Now, religion depicts God as one who gets even, one who retaliates. That's not the nature of God. And every day, he's looking for an opportunity to bless you and me. Because we are his very own. There are times when I make mistakes, and that happens on a regular basis every day. Because there's still a far, a, a fallen part of my being. See, one third of me is wall to wall God in my spirit, but I still have the same mind and I still have the same body. So I'm working on reprogramming my mind through renewal yes. with the Word of God, and I'm still restraining the things that my body wants to do. I keep it under control. But we make mistakes, don't we? Yes. Now, one thing that I've caught myself doing recently is that when I make a mistake, I say, I'm a new creature. Amen. Come on. Because that's what God says about me. If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. And so I begin to identify with who I, who I am and to recognize that I slipped and allowed my fallen man to make a decision. And so I go, I'm a new creature. I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry that I did that. I said that. But I keep enforcing the fact that I am what God says I am. I'm a new creature in Christ. Yes. Yes. I want you to go on over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. 
I want you to look at verse 23, Hebrews 12, 23. Now understand that these scriptures are going to contradict our experience. These scriptures are going to contradict what people talk, talk and say about us. These scriptures are going to contradict what we're seeing of ourselves. But the more and more we embrace what we've become, the less and less we'll see of the fallen man making decisions. Now look here in Hebrews 12.23. He's talking to the church that's in Jerusalem, the, the Hebrews church, so to speak. He, he says to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. That's, that's you and I. We're born of Jesus. He's the firstborn from the dead. Which are written in heaven. You know that your name is written in heaven, in the book of life. And to the God of all and to the spirits. Notice it doesn't say to the bodies or to the minds. It doesn't say to the behavior. No, it says to the spirits of just men. What is a just man? It's a human being who's been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's you. That's me. He says, the spirits of just men made perfect. Have you ever thought of yourself as being perfect? I'm not sure I'd see one hand go up. I'm still working on that. Because we're, we're, we're so... We, we notice our imperfections more than we notice who we are on the inside. Now remember, I told you of me holding my son in my hands when he was just seconds being in the world. Just minutes of being in the world. And because... He was new. He was what? Perfect. This scripture here says that you and I have been made perfect. You see, God can't make anything that's not. This world was perfect until sin was allowed to come and to diminish perfection. You've been made by the hand of God. Yes. He's made you. That's right. And guess what? You're perfect. Yeah. Glory. Say this out loud. According to the Bible, to the Bible because, I'm in Christ, because I'm in Christ, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Did you hear the backlash from your mind? Right there? Come on. No, you're not. Come on. Well, to your mind, you aren't. But the man on the inside that's been touched by the finger of God, by the hand of God, you being his creation, you're perfect. Amen. And the more we grow in the knowledge of who we are, we allow perfection to work out of us. Going over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Do you like opening the box of your salvation? 2 Corinthians 5, look at verse 21. This should be a, fil- a familiar scripture to us. We're just a couple of verses below verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says that God, that's who he is, he, being God, made him, being Jesus, to be sin for you and for me. Now, one thing that I like to do in Scripture is I like to make it personal. Because if it's, if it's, if it's generally spoken and observed, it becomes information. But if I make it personal, then it becomes reality. So I say... God made Jesus to be sin for me or sin for Bruce. Even though Jesus knew no sin, that Bruce would be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, right now, in real time, as a new creature as one who has been born again and received a heavenly birth while you're on earth, you are righteous. Now, in this sense of righteousness, it's not what you do, it's who you are. You see, there's two righteousness in the New Testament. This is the righteousness of who who we are. That's the robe that the Father was bringing out to the prodigal the robe he would embrace him with. It was a right standing. It was a righteousness that he was bestowing upon him. That's what you and I have received. We have received the robe of righteousness when we accepted Jesus as our Savior and that sacrifice that he made for us on our behalf becomes our personal possession. See, the cross... The cross is a place of exchange. God put on Jesus your unrighteousness. God put on Jesus on the cross your sin. He put on your sickness. He put your fallen state on Jesus. Jesus became you on the cross. So at that cross, we gave him all of our inadequacies. All that was fallen, all that was void of life and void of God. It was all put on Jesus. We gave it to him, and then in the way of exchange, Jesus gave us who he is. He gave us righteousness. He gave us right standing with God. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us peace. He gave us joy. It's an exchange. So right now, you and I, we are in right standing with God. Now remember, it's not because of anything we've done. It was because of what, di- what Jesus did in our behalf. He became our substitute. Have you ever called yourself righteous now I'm not talking about going on the street corner and saying hey I'm righteous that's not what I'm saying you know who needs to know that you're righteous you now remember 
we can't brag about our righteousness any more than we can brag about being a new creature. Because it was freely given to us by God as an act of his grace. But every time I say I'm righteous, I'm giving glory to God because he's the one that gave it to me. You know, just like the prodigal, check out this robe. Woohoo! This robe. It's my daddy's. He gave it to me. That's how our righteousness is. Going over to 1 Peter. Anybody getting anything this morning? 1 Peter 2 5. The first letter, first epistle of Peter, chapter 2, verse 5. He says that you also, so he's talking about every believer. It says that you're a living stone. We're called stones because we build up a spiritual house, and houses are built sometimes out of Legos or stones or whatever you're building a house out of. And piece by piece, this spiritual house is being built, and you're a living stone, a part of the house of God. You are build up a spiritual house. It's almost like every individual cell in our physical body is like a building block to make the whole body. Every cell is important. Every cell is connected. Every every cell is alive. And that's how we are when we're a part of Christ. We're a member of his spiritual body, and we all make up the entirety of his body. Now, let's find out what this lively stone is like. This is talking about you and I and who we become as a believer. It says that you are a holy priesthood. A what kind of priest? Holy. Now, this word holy means exactly what you think it means. It means pure. It means without sin and not tainted in any way. Did you notice this scripture didn't say that you're going to be holy? Let me see. What does it say? No, it says that you you are a holy priest. It doesn't say you're going to be. See, religion would tell you that that you're to grow to be a better person, to to have a better standing with God. And that's unscriptural. Do you ever notice that everybody that God has used was always someone that was a bad boy or a bad woman at one time? He used Moses to deliver a nation, and yet Moses was a murderer. He picked King David to serve over his people, and he was an adulterer. He used the Apostle Paul to write over one half of the New Testament, 
and he used to commission the, the killing of Christians. Come on. Come on. And right now, he's using you and I in whom's past is also erased. You see, who we have become in Christ is something that is completed. It's not something that has to be developed or worked on or expanded upon. The righteousness that you have right now, the righteousness that I now am, is the fullness of righteousness that God has to offer, and I get no more righteous as time goes on. And the same is true with your holiness. Right. You're holy now. You're not trying to get good enough to be more holy. No, you have it completely downloaded from heaven into your spirit, and that's who you are. You, you are holy because that's who you are. That's how he made you. Think of it this way. God desired a relationship with you. So he had to make you like him or you couldn't stand in his presence. To take that a step further, if your spirit wasn't made as pure as God through the new birth, God would never would have been able to put the Holy Spirit in you. Because light and darkness cannot be together. That which is sinful or tainted can't be with that which is pure. I'm telling you, you are the spitting image of your daddy. Now, it's easy for us to say that God is holy. But it's more of a challenge for for us to accept that he has made us holy. And this is why people shy away from God. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. No, Jesus made us worthy. Did you hear that? Jesus has made us worthy. By what he did, not by what we do. I think the, the best example for me is to, to think of our children. When our children are born of us, there's a part of us in them. Oh, you got your daddy's eyes. And that relationship of parent and child never changes regardless on what the child does. Why? Because that relationship was established through birth. Your relationship with God was established by birth. You were born again. And in that birth, you have the attributes of your father. You're a new creature. You're the righteousness of God. You are holy. 
You are perfect. Now it's up to us to believe that. See, those things won't benefit us. Those things that he gave us in that box of that gift of salvation, it won't begin changing our life until we believe who we now have become. And the more and more it becomes real to us, we start allowing that reality to emanate out in our decision-making, and then it starts to change our life in ways that other people can begin to see it. Last scripture, 1 Corinthians 3.16. I like when scripture asks, asks us questions. 1 Corinthians 3.16. I think I'm in the King James, that which we have up on the screen. It says, Know ye not, or everyday vernacular, hey, don't you know? Don't you know what? That you are. Again, notice that's present tense. Doesn't say you're going to be. Once you and I as believers realize that everything that God has given us is already ours, Amen. Come on. Come on. it changes everything. You are what? The temple or the dwelling place or the house or tent of God. And that the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, where, where's He live? He dwells or lives where? In you. Doesn't it now make sense to you that God's not against you, but He's for you? That God doesn't put sickness on you? God doesn't cause calamity to come to you? Let's just say, for instance, it was God who brought sickness to you to teach you some truth you couldn't learn any other way. That means that he's actually hindering the house that the Holy Spirit lives in. That doesn't make any sense, does it? No, God isn't doing anything to hinder us. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. God's not looking for you to do something towards you. He's looking for you to come to him like the prodigal so he can bestow all that he has upon you so that you can enjoy it now, today, in this life, not in the life to come. Amen. You are the temple of God. Could we take it one step further in the next verse? If any man shall defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. It says, for the temple of God is what? Holy which temple you are. Mm -hmm. Lord, thank you, Lord. 
Now, many things that we saw from Scripture this morning seem a little far-fetched because it goes cross-grain to what we've been taught growing up. The church that I grew up in, if I had gone around and told people that because of Jesus I'm now holy, I'm not sure I'd get a very good favorable reaction. Because most churches are works oriented. They're still living in the Old Testament. And your relationship with God is based on performance. Thank goodness that's not what Jesus came to do. He eliminated that relationship with God. And that's why we call it the New Testament, the new relationship, the new covenant with God through Jesus Christ. And so we need to begin to embrace these things because they are new and they can't be seen. You can't follow me around during the day and go, oh yeah, that's that's a righteous man. Right? Or that's a holy man. No, I'm still making mistakes. Make wrong decisions. But if I'll continue to embrace who I've become because of salvation and I allow that to become the way I think and see myself, I start seeing myself as God sees me, my behavior will begin to change. And so it's up to you and I to make these things a reality. How do I do that? Simple. Start calling you calling yourself what God calls you. He never calls you a sinner saved by grace because you're not a sinner anymore. That person's dead, has passed away. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are holy. You are perfect. You are the temple of God. You are a new creature. Go ahead and stand up. I want you to, to repeat after me and even if this doesn't seem like it's real to you. Just just believe what you're saying. And it took me a period of time to get what God says about me and to get it to a place where I actually believed it. It's a process. It's called the renewing of our mind. So I want you to say something. I am not simply a mind. I'm not simply a body. When someone looks at me, they don't see me. They see the body I live in. I live on the inside. The hidden man of the heart. I am an eternal spirit being. I have asked Jesus into my life. Therefore, because I'm now born of heaven, I'm a new creature. My heavenly birth that I received here on earth has made me be a new creature in Christ. I'm no, I'm no longer who I was. My past is behind me. 
and I'm now brand new. I will allow the Word of God to tell me who I am, to tell me what I have, and what I can do. I'll put His Word in my mouth, and I'll speak it about myself, and I will believe it. I will embrace it, and I'll walk in the light of it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's, a, it's amazing what happens. That, that you know my story. You know my story. You, you know what I was like as a fallen man. And I was a piece of dirt in comparison to God. And he allowed me to see who he was and what he gave to me. And I finally got smart enough to accept his gift. Amen. And when I embraced it, I decided that I wanted all that he had. Because when we got married, we didn't have anything. You know, you've heard the expression, you're at the bottom of the barrel. We were underneath the barrel. It was brutal. And so we just went after finding out what the, this book said about us. We did it on purpose. It doesn't happen accidentally. You got to be hungry for it. Come on. Come on. Amen. And we're still learning things. Amen. But I'll tell you, it took our life, which was going in this direction and cause us to go the opposite direction. And he's been able to bless us ever since. Amen. He wasn't able to bless us before because we were running from him. But when we ran to him, we gave him permission. And I'm telling you, our life is blessed. And as you follow him, your life will be blessed as well. All right, we love you guys. We're here tonight at 6. We'll get into prayer room counseling. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you next time.